0: 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. Good morning, Edwin.
1: Good morning, Andrew. I see that we are on the air now. On the air. We have to make sure that all the equipment is working. Everyone around us needs to know that we are recording. That's exactly right. Otherwise, they make too much noise. That's exactly right. And we want to have an
0: excellent quality and audio experience for our listeners on Text Talk. Absolutely, the best, the best. As we talk about Hebrews chapter four, that's right. A new week, a new, uh, a new chapter. We've turned the page. We're in Hebrews chapter four. I say we've turned the page, but it, it feels like Edwin to me that uh, that really we are in the midst of a sermon that really started. Uh, this chapter ago, there's this exposition
1: and application of the Psalms. Looking at Psalm 95, Mm -hmm. where the psalmist says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, and he goes on with that, and the Hebrew writer has pulled that passage in and is taking some significant time in this letter to apply that to his Hebrew Christian audience who seems Mm -hmm. to be drifting away or, or is in danger of that, and he's either pulling them back or trying to help them dig their heels in. And he, he's talking about today. Today we need to stick with it.
0: Well, yeah, that was the that was a big emphasis last chapter, really honing in on today. Today from the psalm, mm-hmm. uh, I think in our reading today we're going to find a shift a little bit to another portion of the psalm, mm-hmm. emphasizing the rest and mm-hmm. and even the wrath of God before this chapter is over.
1: Yes. Yeah, so chapter four, we're going to read verses one through five. Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still stands. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this passage he said, they shall not enter my rest. One of the things I see there is the reality of a rest, Mm
0: -hmm. that God has a rest. The Hebrew writer even reaches back to the idea of Genesis and creation, uh, that, that there's the idea of a rest. Uh, and the finishing of works. Yes. And yet the people promised the rest, the people who probably for a time were looking forward to and hoping for the rest, they didn't receive
1: the rest. They did not get to enter the rest, mm-hmm. the rest of the promised land. And even the ones who entered the promised land, they kind of messed up the rest. They kept mm-hmm. kidding kept getting put back in toil and slavery yeah. and finally removed. You, so this is you a kind big of deal talking for about the cycle of history.
0: The judges there yes. and, and the way kings would take
1: the people into idolatry and such. All kinds of problems. So yeah. they didn't get the rest. And so there is a rest that is yet to come. Mm-hmm. There's the ultimate rest mm-hmm. that God has prepared and is planning on us entering into his rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Setting the stage there, I, to me, the implication is, as he talks about he ceased his works way back at the foundation of the world yeah. and then said, they shall not enter his rest. It seems to me the implication is God's plan was he did this work of creation, mm-hmm. and his plan was now that his work has ceased, mm-hmm. the, the humans that he created were going to enter into his rest, this this place where, and it's as I've been meditating on this, reading through this chapter getting prepared for our discussions this week, it seems to me, tell me if you think I'm way off, but it seems to me that today we are so used to working in the cursed world. Mm-hmm. It is hard to view any kind of system where there is work as a rest, <laughs> but the kind of work that Adam and Eve were going to be doing in the garden where they were in such communion with the work of God, yeah. they were in such harmony with the work of God that that work was joy. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't toil. It wasn't by the sweat of the brow. It was they they were entering into God's rest. It didn't mean that they were going to be spending all of their lives lounging in clover. It it meant that it meant that their work was going to be joyous and pleasant Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. prosperous and and not not like we view work at all. Now Mm -hmm. that we're under the curse. Does that make sense?
0: Well, I do, and I think it's a wonderful perspective on work that in and of itself it, it existed before there was sin, before there was any type of fall or curse. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's good in and of itself. And I and I think when we appreciate that, maybe we would help to understand why there's such strong language about laziness and the sluggard and the proverbs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that work comes from God and that's a good thing. But to your point, the work that we have known uh, has been difficult mm-hmm. designed to be such because of the curse because of the groaning of creation yeah and and it makes thorns us thorns and long thistles for a rest. sweat and toil yeah yeah absolutely and so, so drawing back the curtain to look at this sort of uh the cosmic view of God's plan in the garden and the rest that he offered benefits us to i think get a sense of what this rest is can can I ask you a question or throw out something to you um such this this um teaching here from hebrews coming from the Psalms and certainly coming from this uh, historical account of the lack of faith of the Israelites why did they did not go into Canaan land and get that rest I hear people talking all the time about the significance of the of the land of Israel and that in God's final plan and final analysis you know it's we're all going to get back into that land of Israel. There's going to be a, There's going to be a. you know, David's throne rebuilt, and Jesus is going to sit on it for a thousand years. Yeah. Is that the rest we're looking for? You know, is it, is it really tied to that bit of ground over there in Palestine? Because, you know, we, we
1: see these people before didn't get it. Is that what we're hoping for now? In Hebrews chapter 12, which we're going to get to, mm-hmm. but I'll go ahead and pull back the veil on that a little bit well, now. Well, people are allowed to read ahead. <laughs> be careful, be careful. uh It talks about toward the end of Hebrews chapter twelve about the church mm-hmm. being the heavenly Jerusalem mm-hmm. and the recognition that God's plan ultimately was not about Jerusalem on Mount Zion. It was not about that land that is there in Palestine. Canaan, Mm -hmm. the Middle East, it's about this kingdom. And so we get then also into the book of Revelation, where it shows us the city of the living God, which Mm -hmm. is his bride, which is his church, which is his kingdom. What we are looking forward to, I don't fully grasp or understand, but in the resurrection, this kingdom, this city, this bride, this church is in the ultimate fulfillment. And that is the thing that we're looking forward to. We're not looking forward to having a thousand year reign here on this earth. We're not looking forward to Uh, some king sitting on Mount Zion who's now ruling the earth as we know it right now. That's Mm -hmm. not what what this has all been pushing toward. We are part of the heavenly Jerusalem, which is going to have an ultimate fulfillment, an eternal kingdom, an eternal nature. But it's not this. Peter talked about how where we are right now is is going to burn up. It's going to melt with fervent heat and fire. This is this is uh, no, no matter how you picture that, it means that where we are right now and and how this is formed is not where it's going to be forever. It's not what we're looking. So that eternal rest is not is not this. It's not what we're in now. I think I just
0: think that's a good thing to hear and a good
1: distinction to
0: make. That uh, the promised land, actually, that promise was fulfilled. And while the Hebrew writers explaining to us, yeah, it was not that Exodus generation that came through the Red Sea, but it was their kids. Mm-hmm. And that is fulfilled, but this rest now is actually something distinct from that promised land. Right. And I think there's some bad eschatology where people are confusing those things. We want the rest of God. Uh, it's not going to have anything to do with
1: a zip code in Palestine. I agree. I agree. I think you're right about that. One of the things I also notice here is that this ultimate rest is yet ahead. Mm-hmm. It is. It has not happened. Mm-hmm. We have not entered it, but we will. Mm-hmm. If, he says, let us fear. That's a shocking phrase for us to hear, don't you think? Because most of the time in Scripture, what we hear is, fear not, fear not, fear not. Here we have, let us fear, lest... You fail to reach it.
0: Well, and I stand to be corrected here, but we were talking about fear just a couple weeks ago when we were talking through Hebrews 2 and talking about the amazing work of Jesus, his death and his resurrection, because in Hebrews 2 and verse 15, the scripture says there uh, that he would release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. It sounds like in Christ we are
1: freed from fear. I think what we see here, I'm glad you're bringing up that contrast. I think what we're seeing is that there are a lot of things that people fear Mm -hmm. that we don't have to fear. Uh, However, there are some things that maybe we're supposed to fear that we don't. Okay. And acting like this word fear is some monolithic, universal, every potential thing, there should not be any remote kind of fear at all, that's probably wrong. But the idea of now giving ourselves over to fear in every aspect of our life and multiple things, that would also be wrong. Well, so doesn't fear have kind of a, what do
0: you call it, a semantic range? Well, sure. You know, that that, that there's the, from terror to actually just respect, like, you know, reverence do, and, and the word
1: fear, depending on how you use it, could capture all of that. There, there's a lot of those things. So we've been held captive by fear of death. Mm-hmm. There's a terror, there's a panic, there's... Anxiety anxiety, that I'm going to die and what's going to happen at that point when when, and he says you can you can let that fear go you don't Mm -hmm, need that fear mm -hmm. if you fear that you're not going to enter the rest. And I think this, this kind of fear is not supposed to be a panic that, oh no, I might not have done enough. I think if we pull this little verse out of context, we might come to this and use it to beat people over the head saying, you need to always be scared that you haven't done enough and you haven't gotten it right enough and you're not going to make it no matter how hard you try. That is not what he's talking about. He's not talking about that kind of ridiculous, useless panic and fear. But when we look in the context, what we find out is that the Israelites... Mm-hmm. When they were delivered from Egypt by the power of God, and they get to the edge of the promised land, they did not, even though they had seen the deliverance, they had mm-hmm. seen the power of God over Egypt, it's like somehow they could not believe that at the edge of the promised land that that same power could work to get them into the promised land. Right. It could get them out of Egypt, Right. But but it couldn't get them into the promised land. Because they did not believe that God had given them the land, mm-hmm. that God was conquering the land, all they could see in their mind was that they were on their own and mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And because they thought they wouldn't be able to do it, they ended up disobeying the Lord. Right. When I piece all of that together, I recognize that when he says, fear, lest you," it seemed that you're not entering his rest, like you should fail before you get there, his point is not be afraid, you're obeying God, but be afraid that you're not obeying him enough. Mm-hmm. His point is, we need to fear missing out on the rest because God is the one who will get us there. And, and when I'm like, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get to the rest, it's I'm gonna believe God. God is the one who's gonna get me there. When I disbelieve God's promise yeah. to save me through Jesus Christ, to grow me by his spirit, to confirm and strengthen and restore and establish me, when I when I disbelieve that promise, that's when I think I can't make it and I give up. And this Hebrew writer is telling us, don't do that. Put your faith in God. Mm-hmm. Be afraid of missing the rest. And the only way to get the rest is put your faith in God and follow him and do what he says.
0: You know, so often we want to put uh, faith and fear in opposition to one another, and faith should overcome fear. And I think in many contexts and conversations, there's validity to that. But I, I guess what I'm picking up here is that fear is going to work hand in hand with faith. I need to fear of life without faith. I need to fear the... Uh, consequences of faithlessness, or
1: as the Hebrew writer says, an evil heart of unbelief. Yeah, and putting it in the strict context of Hebrews, where you've got this writer speaking to Jewish Christians that are in danger of going back to the law, what he's saying is God promised salvation through Jesus, mm-hmm. and, and you you need to fear that you're going to miss that Yeah. If you go back to the law. Because you neglect it. You drift away. If you neglect the belief, if you do not put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, you are going to miss out on the rest. Mm -hmm. And so, look, don't don't go back to the law. Mm -hmm. You need to realize there's only one way to get the rest. That's God's way through Jesus Christ. Hang on to him. Mm -hmm. Fear missing it enough that you hang on to him and do what he says. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for Text Talk today. Uh, We'd love to hear your comments and questions. Send us an email, text talk at ChristiansmeetHere.org. Text talk at org. Let's have a prayer. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for this time that we might open your word and read from Hebrews chapter 4 to read about your rest, the promised remaining of your rest, and the hope that we have in Christ of knowing that salvation. By your gospel of your rest, we pray, Father, that we might have the proper fear, which is only bringing a reverence and a conviction, a a, a desperate clinging to our faith that feeds our faith, so that, Father, you will find in us people who are faithful unto death, unto your rest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutes, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. Have a fantastic steady, day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty
0: throne. So drawing back, we've got, man, I'm <laughs> getting excited here. I'm slapping the microphone.